Welcome to Senior Moments on 93.1 CFISFM. Well, Sharon, we're back again today. Yeah, welcome to Senior Moments. They said yep. there's going to be a, a, a thunder and lightning storm. Well, that's what it says, but we were supposed to have one yesterday, too, and never got it. Yeah. Well, we got. We did get snow. Yeah, we got a mix of everything. I was sure glad I didn't have to come into town. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, our first guest is on the line. So welcome, Corporal Jennifer Cooper. Hello, thank you. First thing I want to do is thank you so much for not serving that warrant on me that um, the the, the uh, customs people phoned and left a message that I had received some illegal whatever. I wanted it was, to, I it th- was the least we could do. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's exactly why we invited Corporal Cooper on is to talk more about these calls that we're getting at a time when a lot of people are stressed and they're uh, there's a lot of fear going on because of COVID and because of of the invasion, illegal invasion of uh, Ukraine. And so, um, co- can I call you Jennifer? Yes, that's fine. Um, Jennifer, you must have had a lot of experience with people phoning and saying, what should I do? Yes, that's true. We get uh, probably a number of phone calls a day to our front counter asking for advice on fraudulent phone calls because they take a lot of different uh, avenues uh, these days. It's not just the um, one that we've heard about for years now, which is the Canadian Revenue Agency or the CRA scam, but they right. have a lot of different scams now that they try and catch people up on. Yes. And the one that I had, um, there's so many of us going to Mexico in the winter now that, uh, you know, it made me stop and think for a second because we do make friends down there and uh, uh, how many people are getting phone calls from sort of the, the government of Canada border security uh, saying that they've received a package from another country. And that's what made me, because I haven't been to Mexico forever, but I, I know a lot of people from Prince George go down there every winter and uh, I don't know um, if if we give our information to the people down in Mexico that we know of friends. I know that I had um, I had a pen pal kind of a thing going on down there with a uh, a couple of people who had year round property. And uh, word is, you know, I think we have to be really careful about who we're giving information to. It's not only that. I think online shopping as well is very popular. I've received the same uh, phone call, and I have to think about what I've ordered recently. Mm-hmm. Um, think about if this could be, um, you know, the first time I got it, I thought, oh, is this is this right? Like, because mm-hmm. I, I do a lot of online shopping. I'm a busy mom and a busy, yeah. <laughs> busy wife, and, uh, and so a lot of my packages come in the mail. Yes. Um, so that's another avenue I think that gives people pause, but um, I think... We all need to sort of take that uh, five seconds to think to ourselves, is the Canada Border Services really going to put out a warrant <laughs> for anything yeah. I could be receiving? Yeah, because I have watched Border Services, and they usually turn it over to the RCMP or to the police. Yes, yeah. uh, and in these cases... Um, likely you would have been contacted long before this for um, like a simple 
questions before uh, a warrant. A warrant is really a last kind of stage of opportunity in in any police investigation. It mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily start at a warrant oh, for okay. your regular um, citizen who's not had any contact with the law before. Yeah. Um, so I think that's important for listeners to remember is to just pause, take those few seconds, remember that it is very unlikely you've gotten to the arrest warrant stage <laughs> if you've never been in trouble with the police before. And I read that there are permitted robocalls, but they are from like candidates that are running for office or a charity. And that's about it. That's right. A lot of these are getting very sophisticated as well in that they're um, able to use the internet to make it look like they're coming from your local calling area. Mm-hmm. Um, so my personal cell phone number is not actually a Prince George number because mm-hmm. I didn't change it when I last moved. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I get phone calls that look like they're coming from my last detachment area. Yeah. Um, so I think, oh, it must be a friend from there or whatever. So I go ahead and pick it up because what are the odds? Someone calling me from there. Yes. So similar here, they look like local numbers. Yes. Um, they're not your, your typical one eight six six and a bunch of gibberish all the time. Yeah, I know. I had one. That was the call that I got was my local area. And they say don't press any buttons and, and don't um, actually just hang up. That's the best advice, isn't it? That's the safest, yeah, because yeah. some of these come with um, interesting charges. Sometimes I've heard of if, if you continue to engage with them, mm-hmm. um, you may get duped into believing them because they're very sophisticated. Mm-hmm. Um, when they call my police phone, I sometimes like to, if they call the police line, I like to um, let them, let them. I go through <laughs> and I talk to them. I'm like, and I'll tell them, oh, you're talking to a police officer, you know that, right? <laughs> and they argue with me and they say, no, they're the police. Oh, no. I'm like, oh, you are confident in your in your what scam. nerve yeah oh. so uh, i would caution anybody against engaging with them yes um and just hang up hang up hang up yeah the safest thing to do is to go um and talk to that um agency directly so if it's the cra you call the cra's number yeah. if it's Canada Border Services, or if they're pretending they're from Canada Post, or maybe DHL, look it up, call that number directly, Mm -hmm. and inquire that way. Do not engage with anybody that calls you on the phone. Oh, that's the most important thing. And um, and don't try to outsmart them. That's what, one of the things I read about advice. Do not try to outsmart them. Just hang up. Because sometimes you get so fed up, you want to you know, like I said to you, I've got a one of those horns that takes the hockey games. I want to blast it into the phone. And yeah. I might get charged with eardrum damage. <laughs> Only. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's best not to engage. Life is too short for that kind of unnecessary frustration. Um, just hang up. Yeah. Like like I said, you're the risk of someone actually having an arrest warrant out for something they received in the mail mm-hmm. is so very low if you've never been in trouble with the law before. I know mm-hmm. we watch these shows and it gets all <laughs> exciting and hyped yep. up and, and everything, but um, most of your listeners are, I'm going to guess all of your listeners are not in that category. So we yeah, don't have to right. worry. Yeah, we don't. And uh, the, the other thing I, I saw, I didn't realize that there was um, an anti-fraud center uh, it, that's Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre that you can contact. Um, uh, and it's uh, www.antifraud. Uh, I think it's antifraud.ca. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. But that's right. A lot of these, um, these um, 
scams are run from people um, not in Prince George. They're not even sometimes even in Canada. Yeah. Um, so at a at a local policing level, it's very difficult for us to um, have the the manpower and the resources to kind of trace where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. That's what the Anti Fraud Center is. They're mm-hmm. a branch of the government dedicated to to tracking down these scams, shutting them down, and informing people about um, how to stay safe against them. I never, you know, I never thought that there'd be a day where we, the the way that some minds figure out how to take advantage of people. You know, BCSPCA called me the other day, and, and uh, I said to the young fella, like, I've been getting an awful lot of phone calls lately from scammers, and I don't want you to take this personally, but how can you prove that you are who you say you are. And you know what? And that's completely right. And any business that is legitimately reaching out to you, um, you know, for maybe a donation or for support mm-hmm. uh, should be okay letting you look up their number. Don't mm-hmm. take the number they give you because if it's a scam, they're going to yeah. give you the fake number again. That's right. Yeah. So don't get the number from them. Yep. Do your research. Look it up online or in uh, in the phone book. Yep. Um, and call that company back yourself. Yes. Um, you know, get that person's name because if they're legitimate, like if if we're calling from the detachment and we say hello, it's Corporal Jen Cooper. I need to talk to you about a file. Mm-hmm. And you say, okay, I'm going to call you back. Yes. I will patiently wait for that phone call. Yeah. You know, anybody at a reputable organization will patiently wait, give you their name, and wait for you to call them back and contact them back um, to verify that that is a legitimate phone call. And that's a perfectly acceptable practice if you have any doubts. Well, I think it's also uh, taking responsibility uh, for for yourself and and not being a victim. And, uh, you know, I, I, I felt kind of like I... He was, he had uh, quite a heavy accent, and so I didn't want him to think that I was being racist. And, and I said to him, I, I hope that you don't take this personally. And he was very good about it, and did exactly what you said. And I found out it was the SPCA, and, and, uh, I support them. But I think we all need to take responsibility for what we allow in our lives. And that's why we have these conversations with experts like yourself, Jennifer, um, so that we can, uh, you know, anybody can go online and say, how do I handle a crank call or a threatening call? And uh, go online and look it up, and they'll give you all the information you need for, and the Canadian uh, Anti-Fraud Centre's p- part of it. Uh, it also says how to recognize uh, scammers. And that uh, I remember uh, one of my colleagues, this is years ago, she was so worried that the revenue agency, you know, was after her. And I said, they'd never phone you. Yeah, that's right. They uh, they never phone. And even emails that you get now from the revenue agency, they don't even contain a link to click. They direct you to go and do it yourself. That's right. Right? And and look up the website yourself and go and, and sign in on your own. They don't even um, give you a website to kind of follow back through with because they know there's so many fraudulent emails like that. You have to do your own due diligence. We have to remain vigilant. There are so many people looking to um, part us with our hard-earned money and our personal information, Mm -hmm. and we just have to remember to keep vigilant about that. Yeah, the... The uh, the unfortunate call from a grandson who who says he's in jail and he needs uh, 
uh, grandma to, um, I'm your grandson's friend and he's in jail right now and he needs some money to get out and he asked me to call you. And, and then of course you're going to worry about your grandson and you wired the money and your grandson is probably sitting in the sunshine down in Mazatlan having a good time. Very, very likely that it has nothing to do with any family member. So we call that one the grandparent scam. Okay. Um, because they're very adept at preying on our, on a, on a grandparent or a parent's want yeah. to help. Um, so first and foremost in Canada, two things that uh, are wrong with that scenario is uh, the person in jail is only ever allowed to call their lawyer. Yep. Um, so they have not called their friend to call you on their behalf. They are not calling you because the only person they can call is a lawyer. Mm-hmm. So right away that should be a red flag because nobody can call us or call a friend from jail to look for money. And secondly, we don't work on the same bail system here in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't get people to post bond or post bail for us and come show up with a couple of thousand dollars at the police station to bust us out of jail. That's not how the Canadian justice system works. No. Um, so right away, those should be two huge red flags to people living in Canada um, here in BC, you, you know, that uh, this is a scam. Yes. Because that's not how we work. Yeah. And and people you know, really listen to that because it's the only person that would contact you would be a lawyer. And you can check on that. You can yep. get the lawyer and say, I want your phone number and I'll call you back. And, right. and make yeah. sure that it is a lawyer. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've heard of different people. Um, I've known one person who had that happen. And, you know, it's just tragic that you would take advantage of someone. But these people don't care. They're kind of sociopathic. They only want to satisfy their own needs and don't care about anybody else's. That's exactly right. And they prey off victimizing others. It's, maybe it's an adrenaline rush or something for them. But, yeah. um, you know, take that one step. Ask them clarifying questions without, um, you know, if you really think that maybe this is the truth. A simple, which grandson? Yes. Let them provide you with the information because they can't. Yeah, that's right. Or yep. phone, hang up and phone, you know, the, their mom, their dad. So obviously, you know, your your, yes. your children or your in-laws. Yep. Do some digging with the family. Where is so-and-so? Have they contacted you that they're in trouble? Take five seconds just to pause and think about the, mm-hmm. the questions you can ask to, to verify that this is true. And why didn't they call their parents? Exactly yeah. right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes they'll say, I didn't want to get in trouble. Mom will be so mad. Yep. What's your mother's name? Yeah, that's good. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, they can't provide you with all of that information because these are still robocallers. Yeah. They don't know who they're calling. They haven't checked up on Facebook yet to see if this is true, um, you know, and to, and done their due diligence on their end. So a couple of questions will scare them away. Yeah, they will. Yeah. Well, I think um, the other the other number that I saw here was contact. Canadian identity theft and and that's another um, website that you can go on and have a look at uh, because um, uh, you know whatever was I was getting a warrant for they they obviously had my identity from somewhere um, Jennifer I, uh, we've run out of our time but I want to thank you so much for educating us this is very important and the part about asking the questions is very important and I think Just hang up if you don't know who it is. 
I think it's safest to say just hang up. Yep. Don't engage um, and, and move on or call, call a friend or a family member and ask what they think before going forward with anything. Yeah. Well, I sure appreciate it, and I sure appreciate you not locking me up. Okay. All right. Thank you very much, Jennifer. Corporal Jennifer Cooper from our local RCMP. Um, and have a great, have a great day. You as well. Thanks so much for having me on. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye. Now we're going to take a short break and we'll be back with our next. Every day, British Columbians are exposed to chemicals and products used at work, home and play. This list can include household cleaners, laundry pods, arts and crafts materials, pesticides and more. Some products can be dangerous if not handled properly. To find out more about chemical and pollutant safety, including a section on tips to protect your family from chemicals and pollutants in the home, visit canada.ca slash healthy dash home. This public service announcement has been from Health Canada, keeping Canadians safe and healthy. Minds in Motion is a weekly program provided online for people experiencing early symptoms of dementia and their care partners. Each session has a 30-minute fitness video followed by 45 minutes of social time. Sessions are offered Tuesday and Wednesday from 10 to 11.30 and Thursday and Friday from 1 to 2.30. For more information or to register, call the First Link Dementia Helpline at 1-800-936-6033 or email info.helpline at alzheimerbc.org. Forecast from Environment Canada for today, cloudy, the 40% chance of flurries or showers, the risk of a thunderstorm this afternoon, wind from the southwest to 20k gusting to 40, a high of 4. Clearing this evening with southwest winds becoming light, a low of minus 8. On Wednesday, sunny, increasing cloudiness in the afternoon with wind from the southeast at 20 gusting to 40, a high of 5, with a morning wind chill to minus 10. This is Senior Moments on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Cooper was yeah, we're t- actually on now, Sharon. Oh, um, okay. So we're back, and our next guest hasn't called in. Um, so we'll we'll uh, just review uh, Corporal Jennifer Cooper's um, advice. Um, so first of all, just hang up. Don't call back. Don't push any buttons um, or links or texts. Uh, do not call, oh, that limit your telemarker. It's, uh, it's called a do not call list. And you go on website and, and type in, or go on the computer and type in do not call list and have a look and see where you want to put your name for no calls. Yeah. Um, these people, the only people that are entitled to, uh, do these kind of calls are government uh, agencies, legitimate businesses, and so if there's a um, if there's a, somebody running for office, like what's going to be coming up for the uh, Conservative Party, you might get some. Um, but I've never had a robocall. No, not on those. Not on those. I've always had a person, and uh, mostly for the. Um, the fundraising or like uh, BCSPCA, uh, it, it was also not a robocall. And, yeah. But I still checked it out. Well, it doesn't hurt, actually. It pays. Yeah, it does. And the last uh, call I had that I figured was a scam, I could hardly hear the guy. Uh-huh. 
and like you said, he had an odd accent. Yeah. And I said, I'm sorry, I can't hear you, and I think this is a scam call. Goodbye. And I hung up. Yeah. Yeah. And so the Canadian Art um, Anti-Fraud Centre has a phone number, so I'll say it slowly. It's 1-888-495-8501. And if it's a non-emergency, you can call uh, direct uh, to file a report to one nine zero five. Eight two five four seven seven seven, and you can file a report on that number. Um, you can go on and uh, online and type in "recognized scammers," and um, the CRTC, the National Do Not Call List, enforces the unsolicited uh, telecommunications or telemarketers rules. And so have a look at that. We have to educate ourselves now. We can't leave our doors open anymore. No. Uh, We can't leave our vehicles unlocked. Um, There's so many things that we used to do that we could trust people, and now that's all changed. Definitely. Yeah. They often claim to represent a legitimate company or a government organization. So that's what Jennifer said Take down the number and call them back. Ask them the questions. Like I said to BCSPCA, how do I know it's you? I've been getting an awful lot of scamming calls. And so he gave me a lot of identification of me, but I still didn't trust him for whatever reason. And I took down the number and looked it up and called him back. That's the way to do it. Yeah. And I got an email a couple of years back from... Uh, the Royal Bank, mm-hmm. and I phoned the bank and inquired on it, and she sent me a sample of what they would use if they sent an email. Right. And they were different. Yeah. They looked very much alike, yep. but they were different, and I could see the difference. So it was a scam. Well, I think about, you know, the grandson or granddaughter thing. Yeah. And I think about how worried you become about them. <laughs> well, and, I've got eight grandchildren. And I think um, you have to not be the hero, you know, and say, oh, oh you know, rescue, rescue. You have to phone your son or, or daughter mm-hmm. uh, or your in-law and, um, and say, is Jimmy in Mazatlan right now? Or... Um, and uh, check it out before you, because yeah. I know of three people who have uh, given a lot of money to somebody because they said they were the grandson. And the thing is, if it's a grandson or daughter that's sort of been having pro- family problems, uh, you might want to, you know, try to um, check on it yeah, first. Check on it first. Yeah. You know, um, for sure. the parents aren't going to be like my dad. When my dad got a phone call from my brother who was in the Don jail for drunk driving, um, uh, my dad and mom were heading for uh, Montreal. They were in the car, and I ran out and, Dad, Dad, Bud's on the phone. You got to talk to him. And dad comes in and he picks up the phone. He says, Yeah. And then he says, as far as I'm concerned, you can rot there. 
<laughs> and so he and Mom took off to Montreal, and I spent the weekend uh, collecting uh, $200 from relatives and friends <laughs> to try to bail him out. <laughs> and I had a, a Canadian savings bond for $200. And and uh, one of my dad's cousins, he... Um, he took me down to the Don Jail because I was only 16, I think, 15 or 16. And uh, I had $200 plus my Canadian savings bond, and I went to the bails guy, and and he said, uh, who does this saving bond belong to? And I said, it's mine. He said, then you better keep it and do something more positive with it than bailing somebody out of jail. And he let my brother out on $200. <laughs> In that horrible dawn jail. That's where the last Canadian was hung, was in that jail. They've closed it down now. But, but um, that was years ago. Oh, well, that was in 50s. Yeah, yeah, and we didn't have these dumb scams then. No, no, just a dumb brother. Yeah. Yeah, and and there I am rescuing him because Dad said, as far as I can rot, you can stay there. <laughs> um, also, I looked up about your computers, so if you get a phone call about your um, security system status on your computer, hang up. Yeah. Because um, don't give any kind of credit card deal details to anybody that calls you. No. And, uh, um, and you make, when you make the call to a trusted service uh, to protect, you have to keep your uh, computer protected, updated with a virus, um, an anti-spyware, and a firewall. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so that has to be updated on a regular basis. But if someone calls about your security system on your computer, hang up. That's another one. Yep. It says also to um, uh, read online privacy policies. When you're Agreeing to something. Like, who wants to read all that privacy policy when you're going on joining a, a group or something? You've got to read it. Yeah. Because, um, they could, you're giving personal information. And if you've been scammed or hacked, uh, you need to contact your bank and financial institution immediately. Mm-hmm. If not even sooner. Well, and when I get something, like that to to join a group and you have to read all their things. Yep. Some of them are just short. Yep. Okay, you can read them. But if it's a long bunch of... Yeah. I just... I don't need to join that. No, I agree with you, Judy, because it's... uh, I often think now, like I never thought this way before, but when we're leaving our... our, our line open or whatever you call it with our computer uh-huh. to read that stuff. Are they able to get into your computer and kind of look around? Because um, that's possible, I think. Yeah. Uh, I mean, whoever thought that a person would start thinking this way at my age? Well, and I've heard of some, now this is a few years ago now that where some people had gotten the call to um, upgrade on your computer, etc. And uh, they'll go and open up their computer. And actually, my sister-in-law would have been caught. But when she sat down at her computer, he says, now go, uh, go in on the Internet. And she says, I don't have Internet. Yeah. And his reply was, why the hell didn't you tell me that? <gasps> so he was going to scam her. 
And what he would have done is totally blanked out her computer. Oh, my God. And she would have had to pay to get it back on. Yeah. Yeah. Get all that information back, she would have had to pay. And I've heard of that happening. Yeah. So you need to protect yourself very definitely. Yeah. The other is, um, so the contact number for the identity theft uh, support line is one eight six six four three six five four six one and only get qualified computer help and we do have a good qualified people in our in our community yes if you want to report unwanted telemarketing you see I did my research Judy yes you did <laughs> um, dial one eight six six. Five eight zero three six two five, and that's to report unwanted telemarketing. I haven't made these phone calls because I just did this research uh, yesterday. Yeah, you can have your uh, phone blocked from all of that. Yeah, and I've done then it. if you think the 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 uh, call is part of a fraud scheme, then you call the anti fraud center, which I gave you the number for that. Yeah. And uh, some of the suspected scam deals are vacation. Oh, you've won a free vacation. Um, if it sounds too good, it is too good. If Yes. Uh, someone alleging to be Google, from Google. Mm. And here's a good one. A free psychic reading. Oh, yes. I see that all the time on, on there. And... Uh, um, I think why do, we're all psychic anyway. <laughs> why do we need to pay someone to to read our fortunes? I think it's just kind of fun. Something we did years ago when my grandmother and my aunts read tea leaves. And uh, yeah, but you you took it with a grain of salt. Yeah, yeah, that might happen, or you yeah, know, whatever. And yeah, it's nice to hear, but <laughs> you don't want a free psychic reading. It's like Those. someone said this morning on Facebook that she dreamt she'd won $41 million mm -hmm. on the lotto and woke up in the morning and thank God she hadn't because she didn't know what she was going to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yep. I walked around with a six forty nine in my pocket for a month because they, they said... Um, the winner was in Prince George. Oh, yeah. And it hadn't been turned in yet. And I had to walk around and think, if this, if I do have the number, what am I going to do? How's that going to change my life? Yeah. And uh, am I going to go crazy and buy a couple of, uh, uh, do they still make Cadillacs? I don't know. <laughs> No, I wouldn't. <laughs> no, no. I, well, if I did, it would be a truck. No, uh, I um, know exactly what I would do if I won. <laughs> yeah. And and some people will say to me, you don't know for sure until you win. Yeah. Uh, my mind's made up, and I generally stick with it. Well, the thing is, I think we have – talk about scammers. Talk about uh, phone calls. When your name is published that you've won all this money, uh -huh. you're going to be getting an awful lot of people wanting you to share it with them. Yep. And uh, instead, put it in a uh, an educational fund for your grandchildren or, mm -hmm. or even yourself. Well, and the, there's always hospice, places oh, like yeah. that that you can donate large yeah. amounts to. Yeah. But we knew, or my husband knew the fellow personally, he was in with a group that won... 
a ticket that was sold in Smithers. Yep. And he had to leave town. And mind you, there was quite a group, so he didn't win all that much. Yeah. But he had to leave town in order for people to leave him alone. Yeah. They, I, I need this and I need that. And they'll... they'll yep. Yeah. They'll tell you a sob story. Yeah, because they want you to give them money. Uh, so we'll be getting a call in a minute. Um, we had Reaps coming in, Terry from Reaps. I don't know what happened. And, uh, you I know, tried calling her. Yes, I know you did. Um, and so, you know, go on their website because they have some interesting things happen. Like Wednesday, April 13th from 6.30 to 7.30, you uh, can have... Um, a workshop on food waste, and it'll talk about the kitchen and and what you have waste in the uh, kitchen. On Saturday, April thirtieth, from nine a.m. to one p.m., the junk in the trunk uh, sale is going to be on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wednesday, May the eleventh, um, the food waste composting. And vermin, I forget what they call that, vermin something or other, um, is, is another, um, so the, the junk in the trunk is a garage sale. Yeah. And, and then, um, learning how to compost. They have, um, if you want, look for education into start a composting, uh, go to, um, um, re, um, um, topic events at reaps.org they have school programs for kindergarten to three grade three grade four to seven and grade eight to twelve and um, they have a public workshop going green composting and worms it's been in um, action or offering services for 30 years mm-hmm. and they go from um Workshop on zero waste, water wise, composting, and vermicompost. I think that's worms. They have a plant sale, and then they have a recycled toy drive, which I didn't know about. Oh. So it's down at uh, Clady Tenay Memorial Park. It's, it's sitting in the, um, on the edge of the I, park there. Yeah, I think it's on Gore Street. Yeah, that's right. That's the street. Yeah. Yeah, and so um, I think it's a wonderful idea. And And especially for somebody who's just thinking about getting into gardening. Yeah, exactly. It would be a great place for them to to learn about um, composting and all the rest of Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. So go on their website. Um, It's R-E-A-P-S or phone 250-561-561. Seventy-three twenty-seven. I think our next guest is calling in. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be back with our next guest. 
The Indigenous Sport, Physical Activity and Recreation Council is hiring a senior manager for communications and recognition programs. This manager will maintain two distinct roles within the organization, oversight of the organization's communications and promotions, and oversight of iSpark's recognition program. Full details are available through the website iSpark.ca. That's the Indigenous Sport, Physical Activity and Recreation Council hiring a senior manager for communications and recognition programs. The current Applications will be accepted. Until the position is, is Legacies Revisited the George... from Betty Kovacic. Legacies Revisited is multimedia artworks telling historical stories of inspiring people overcoming hardship and discrimination. Check out the display today or find out more about Legacies Revisited through the studio news page at studio2880.com. Legacies Revisited by Betty Kovacic. On through April 30th in the Feature Gallery at Studio 2880. Forecast from Environment Canada for today. Cloudy, the 40% chance of flurries or showers. The risk of a thunderstorm this afternoon. Wind from the southwest to 20K, gusting to 40, a high of 4. Clearing this evening with southwest winds becoming light, a low of minus 8. On Wednesday, sunny, increasing cloudiness in the afternoon with wind from the southeast at 20, gusting to 40, a high of 5, with a morning wind chill to minus 10. You're listening to Senior Moments on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Okay, Sharon, we're on and our next caller is on the line. Uh, Welcome, Barry Clark. Oh, hi, Sharon. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good for an old gal. Yeah. With a bum knee. (laughs) (laughs) And a spring that's slow to spring. That's right. It sprung. It already has sprung. Uh, Barry, um, you're the the chair of the BC, the Provincial Bee um, Keepers Association, right? Sorry, say that again. Yeah, I'm I'm the regional representative of the uh, BC Honey Producers Association, also known as the BC Beekeepers Association. Right, and so you went from um, being an RCMP officer for 38 years to keeping bees. How on earth did that? That's kind of a crossover, isn't it? <laughs> well, actually, I um, part of a. I guess in mid-2000s, about 2006, I moved to a small farm. This is while I was still working for the RCMP. Right. And and I got into beekeeping in 2007, and I retired in 2011. So I was doing it for a few years before I retired. Um, But now it's, yeah, it's, uh, I spend a lot of time with my bees. <laughs> and, you know, um, I I read a book, and I think I've said this to you before, called The Honey Bus. And it was a story about a grandfather and um, his uh, dysfunctional daughter and his grandchildren. And I learned a lot about um, why he kept bees. And, and the thing, we don't know about bees. We only know they sting and they give honey. And I wondered if we could start off today talking about, what, there's uh, 500 species in B.C. of bees? Yeah, I, you know what, I, I don't know how many species there really is in B.C. I know there's about 850 mm-hmm. species of bees in Canada, yeah. uh, and, and that number uh, is higher, uh, yeah, it ex- expands all over Europe, and uh, and that's the thing. We think there's bumblebees and honeybees. Uh, there's uh, I read about the social bumblebee colonies, the solitary tunnel nesting bee. Never heard of it. Solitary ground nesting bees, which I would have thought were wasps. 
Yeah, no, there are all kinds of, uh, of native uh, bees here right in our area in Prince George. Um, honeybees are not native. They were, uh, they were brought over, like, literally when the first uh, settlers came from Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, they brought with them honeybees. But native bees around here, we've got uh, four or five different kinds of bumblebees. Mm-hmm. I love bumblebees. How on earth do they fly? I know. And, um, well, they, they fly by creating a vortex under their body with their wings, kind of like a helicopter. Oh, okay. And, yeah. um, and then uh, there's the, we have what you call the solitary bees. So there's social bees yep. and there's solitary bees. Social bees are bees that live together yep. and, um, and, and work together for a common uh, good. Yep. And those would include honeybees and wasps and hornets, for yeah, example, right. and, and bumblebees. Yeah, um, and then um, the, it says that there's, in North America, there's 40, 400 species, that's what I read, but I, you know, I, I don't know if my information's right on, but here's, I got into this last night, and I don't know, it was really late, because I just got into reading about bees, and, and, uh, there, they say there's three social castes with a specific role or set of roles that divide the labor uh, inside a colony. Yeah, so, um, I mean, my, my knowledge base is, is around uh, Apis mellifera, which is the Western or European honeybee. Right. Uh, and, and so when you talk about castes in a, in a bee colony, essentially you're talking, yeah, there's... There's three casts. There's yeah. the the queen. Everybody knows about the queen. Yeah. That's a female bee, uh, obviously, and she's the mother of all of the bees in the hive. Um, uh, she lays the eggs, and uh, and she's tended to by the workers. So in a typical hive, at the height of summer, there could be sixty thousand bees in that colony, uh-huh. and most of them will be uh, female bees. They'll be worker bees. Right. Just one queen, and um, and you know fifty nine thousand worker bees, and then there could be anywhere from three hundred to you know a, a thousand, maybe even two thousand drones. That's right. The third cast. So you, your cats are worker bees, honey uh, queen bee, yep. and the drones. The drones are males. Yes. And uh, they their sole purpose is uh, they kind of just hang around and they go out on flights when they're mature, yeah. uh, uh, looking for a virgin queen. Yes, and and she she mates with eighty of them. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't know if it's that high. Um, so all the literature I've looked at, they they say a well mated queen will mate with anywhere from twelve to twenty four, twenty five drones. Um, a queen, a queen honeybee, only uh, goes on mating flights for a few days in her life. Yeah. Um, once she, once the uh, the adult honey uh, or queen bee hatches, it takes her a few days for her to mature and for her exoskeleton to harden up and whatnot, and then she'll go on mating flights mm-hmm. and uh, and she'll go out for a day or two or three if the weather's good and um, just like some of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she'll 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 mate with as many drones as she can um, over that that period of time. She'll mate until in in ideal circumstances until she's uh, her sperma her uh, spermatothel is or her um, ovaries are f- full of uh, sperm. Yeah, 
and then she comes back to the hive, and that's the end of her mating days. After that, she uh, carries that sperm with her for the rest of her life, laying eggs. And, and her life can be up from five to six years. Well, yeah, we don't see that very often anymore. Okay. Could be. The, yep. uh, most of them are done at the, at the end of two or three years. Yeah. Uh, yep. What happens is the, the queen then, she decides when she's laying eggs whether or not to lay a fertilized egg or an unfertilized egg. That process takes place in her abdomen. Oh, boy. Lays an unfertilized egg, that becomes a drone, a male bee. Yeah. And uh, if she lays a fertilized egg, uh, then it's a worker bee. Yeah. And that worker bee or that fertilized egg could also be raised as a queen, but that's up to the bees whether they want to raise another queen or not. Yeah. And it's all based on what they feed that uh, that baby uh, bee uh, as it's developing, as to whether or not it's going to grow into a worker bee or a queen bee. Yeah. And um, and the drones die after they mate, don't they? They do, yes. Yeah, die uh, literally right right after <laughs> they. <laughs> yeah, they fall to the ground, that's and it. that's the end of them. <laughs> now, another interesting thing is that so you could imagine if the queen bee mates with let's say twenty, well, for argument's sake, twenty uh, males, mm-hmm. bee drones, then all the bees in the hive, all the other workers that grow up, yeah. their offspring, they're, uh, many of them are half-sisters. Oh, okay. Right? Because they have DNA from, from different fathers. Um, yes. And, you know, I mean, some are full sisters, but but there's a real mix of, uh, of bees in there. And the this is a, a, an evolutionary trait, actually, to help with biodiversity within the hive, to yep. help them overcome, uh, uh, you know, yep. help them evolve, I guess. Yeah. And the, the traits that are needed are available. Well, it sounds like the Egyptian, you know, back in the, the days of the pharaohs, it sounds almost like that. You know, I wouldn't want to be born a worker bee because they, they have, they're sterile, right? Well, they're not sterile. They, they, uh, they just haven't uh, haven't developed their uh, their sexual uh, organs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what happens in in some cases if a hive becomes queenless and it's queenless for too long? Yeah. Some of those worker bees may develop. Uh, they they may decide to you know develop their their sexual uh, organs to uh-huh. the. They can lay eggs, yeah. but the problem is those eggs aren't fertilized because they've never been on a mating. Oh, right, yeah. Well, so usually that spells the end of the colony. They, they, oh. Male bees are not much good other than for chasing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, what I read was that the ones that didn't mate and managed to live, they just go back to the hive and eat honey and lay around. The, the, oh yeah, that's right. But then, you know what? It, it sounds like a great life, uh, <laughs> except um, you die. What happens in the in the fall in September? Uh-huh. Um, the females in the hive decide that enough's enough, and right. they push the 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 boys out. Yep, and they 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 end up freezing to death or starving to death. <laughs> they all die. <laughs> That's the end of them, and it come uh, September. Oh boy! Well, I didn't know that part. But the worker bees—they got to do all the work. They—they um, they do the foraging. They do the feeding of the young. They do the honey production. They store, it, make wax. 
they uh, clean and they defend the hive against intruders, and then they kick the guys out. That's right. Guys <laughs> out when they when they realize that there's no more. They're not going to need a guy around to mate with a with a queen. So once that happens, they kick the guys out to conserve food and whatnot for yeah. the winter. Oh my! I mean, it's very interesting, isn't it? The the um, like the layers and how intelligent they are. They are. And what happens, like with the um, the worker bees, they don't, like, they progress. They're, in the summer, a worker bee only lives six weeks. Oh. And so when, when a, a, a baby uh, a worker bee female emerges from hatches or emerges from her cell, the very first job she has is she's a house cleaner. She cleans the cell she was born in, yeah. gets it ready for another uh, another bee to be another egg to be laid in there, yeah. and then she she cleans cleans the hive. Essentially, is what she does for a, for a, a short period of time, and during that period of time, her pharyngeal glands will develop to the point where she can make royal jelly. And once that happens, she becomes a nurse bee. Okay, and she starts to feed other um, larvae. And uh, and then as she progresses, she'll feed older bees. Um, the and uh, and then after that, her wax glands will start to develop to the point where she can make wax, and then she will become a uh, a builder. Mm-hmm. Uh, she'll make wax, and she'll assist in the building of of wax in the hive. Yeah. Usually, the next stage that she moves through in in this life is uh, she'll become a guard bee. She'll um, She'll start doing orientation flights out up until this point in time. That that bee has never left the hive, uh-huh. and she'll start doing orientation flights outside the hive uh, to get a bearing of you know where her home is in relation to the sun and to the environment around her. Right. She guards the hive. She guards the hive against the beekeeper. <laughs> against, yeah. Uh, um, and predators, yeah. Intruders and things like that. Yeah. And then the last stage of her life, which could be anywhere from a week to, to 10 days or two weeks, um, she becomes a forager. And that's when she starts to go out and she gathers pollen, mm-hmm. water, and nectar and brings it back to the hive. And... Um, and that's and they work right to the very end. Uh, and most of them will die outside of the hive, working away, bringing stuff back for their uh, for the colony. Now, I was um, my computer went out when I was just reading about how they pollinate and how they go into the flowers and they they groom the pollen uh, off of them. And and then they have little sacks or something they stick it in? So on their back leg, they have what's called a pollen basket. Uh, carbiculi, I think, is the clinical term for it. But, uh-huh. but it's a pollen basket on their back leg. So the bees, now honeybees, bumblebees, all of the uh, the pollinating bees, yeah, the solitary bees as well, yeah. typically have a hairy body. So right. when they're climbing around on the flower... Uh, you know, collecting pollen or or nectar, they will get pollen stuck on the the hair of their body. Right. And um, and then they comb this hair. Uh, bumblebees and honeybees do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll comb the, their hair with their legs. They have also little like combs on their legs. Uh-huh. They'll collect all these little tiny specks of pollen, and they press it into a ball on their back leg. 
uh-huh. uh, carry it back to the hive. So when you buy pollen at uh, Alba Maria's or wherever, uh-huh. uh, it always looks like little balls. Yes. Well, that's actually probably thousands, if not millions, of tiny specks of pollen that have all been compressed into that ball by the bee. Yeah, and so the 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 pollen that they miss is is what uh, is the pollinator. That's what goes on to the next plant, right? For sure. So they get they get in there. Bumblebees are very good at pollinating um, uh, lots of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, tomatoes and blueberries, you name it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they get in there and they buzz, they shake and whatnot. And uh, they shake the pollen, and they get it, and that pollen drifting around, and and you can imagine their their body is covered in hair, and they've got pollen stuck all over their body. Yeah. There's some evidence that they actually will create a a negative charge so that the pollen sticks to them, right? Okay. It also sticks to the the hair. And then they move from flower to flower, and this pollen, when they're buzzing and shaking and whatnot, falls off, and it pollinates the flower. Now, what's swarm season? What is that all about? The swarm season is typically for us in this neighborhood. It starts uh, in June, and it can run till early July. It usually uh, happens just at the end of the dandelion bloom. Right. And then it starts up, uh, and then it, it'll run through um, till you know, probably the first or second week of July. And it, what happens there, swarming is a natural reproductive impulse of, of, uh, of honeybees. And, uh-huh. and what they do is, uh, the, uh, you know, there's, uh, beekeepers are always trying to prevent swarming because they, they don't get as much honey when, when the bees swarm. But typically... The queen will decide that uh, it's time uh, for her to move on and uh, start a new nest somewhere. Yeah. So, and and that there could be various factors that cause that. Usually, it's because the hive gets overcrowded mm-hmm. uh, with bees. Mm-hmm. So, she will stop laying. A, well, she'll lay eggs. There, there will be a signal, a pheromone signal of some sort. Yeah. Uh, that will come out either from the bees or themselves or from the queen, and um, they the the workers will start to raise queens. Oh, and so they'll raise queens, and a queen typically takes about sixteen days um, to to grow from egg to till it emerges, and in once uh, once they started raising uh, queens. The queen, the old queen, will stop laying eggs, and the reason she does that is to slim down because she needs to be able to fly. Right. Yeah. She'll slim down. When you see a laying queen compared to a queen that's getting ready to swarm, there's a remarkable difference in their size. Mm-hmm. And uh, and she will, once she slims down, usually with a few days before the first queen will emerge, the new queen, mm-hmm. she'll take off with up to half the. The colony, uh-huh. the way they go. Yeah, they uh, they look for a new place to live. Meanwhile, back at the old home, mm-hmm. um, those queens will hatch, and uh, sometimes they'll fight it out between themselves to see who's going to be the the, the queen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the queen bee. <laughs> and and sometimes uh, a queen will hatch, and she'll say to heck with this, and she'll leave as well, mm-hmm. virgin queen. And she'll often take bees with her as well. That's called a secondary swarm. Okay. And um, 
and then they'll they'll head off and establish a nest. But they're at a big disadvantage to the uh, to the old mother queen that left because those queens are virgins. They can't they can't right. lay eggs. Uh, they can't lay fertilized eggs. So they need to not only find a new home and get it started, but they also have to go on mating flights. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what we called going to the bar. <laughs> Some people and now did. it's online. <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> but, but, you know, getting back to pollinators and uh, the solitary bees, we have all kinds of them here too. We have, oh man, I'm just trying to think. Uh, uh, some of the well, bumblebees we talked about. Yeah, they're they're friendly or social. Yeah, and uh, and then they said the the tunnel nesting bee. Uh, so there's uh, uh, there's leaf cutter bees. Um, oh. There's um, there's carpenter bees. Yes, I read about that. Yeah, mason bees. Uh, those are native to here. I see them around my garden all the time. Yeah, mining bees. Um, oh, what else are there? Uh, there's the hoverflies as well. They look like a bee. Yeah. And there's lots of those around. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm. You know, they land on you, and you go, oh, oh, and then you have a look, and you can see the difference. But and, the thing, and, you know, most <clears throat> hoverflies, well, they they don't sting, right? No. And, uh, and actually, most solitary bees, they don't live in a colony. They they live in the ground, or they live in tree bark, or whatever, mm-hmm. or in a you know a hollowed out. Uh, um, like in a tree, or, or uh, people put out mason bee houses. They're those little. They're about five sixteenths of an inch wide, and they're yeah, I've got inches long. Yeah, I've got a couple hanging around. Uh, so they, those bees, they don't live in a colony. They they live by themselves and uh, and raise their family that way. Um, and so yeah, they're, they're also they don't sting for the yeah. most part. And did you know that male bees, uh, male honey bees, and male bumblebees don't sting either? They don't have a stinger. Oh, okay. Well, how the heck are you going to tell the difference? Oh, it's going to tell the difference. Uh, maybe not. I don't know about bumblebees, but with honeybees, yeah, the uh, uh, a male bee, a drone bee, has uh, it's quite a bit bigger than a honeybee. It has a much wider abdomen, and it has huge eyes compared to. Um, so I'm going to have to look them up because um, you know I I if they land on me, I I would never kill a bee. Um, and uh, I, but if it was a male, you would be less af- afraid of them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we have to wind up. Oh, um, I'm getting the signal that we have to say goodbye. You know, this is one of the most interesting subjects that I didn't know anything about that I want to learn more. <laughs> and and so. I think um, people can go online to the uh, Prince George Beekeepers Association. Yeah, well, we have a Facebook page. Uh, we are going to have a uh, website opening up uh, sometime here in the new, near future. But oh, good. there is a Facebook page. And if you go to the BC Honey Producers Association, there's lots of information there as well. Yeah, uh, I'll send you a, a link, uh, Sharon, just after this of a podcast that I did recently for the Fraser, or, um, Oakley Valley uh, oh, okay. yeah. Regional District. Good. Yeah, it's so interesting. We just see them as insects. And then when you start to uh, research them, you see them as a whole different light. And there's so much more we could talk about. And we will. 
Yeah, no, there is. There's lots to talk about for sure. Yeah. Anyway, I want to thank you for educating us. Okay, Mr. Barry nice Clark. With you. Yeah, you too. We'll talk to you again. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. This is Senior Moments, and we're buzzing off until next week. <laughs> Senior Moments is a co-production of ninety-three point one CFIS FM and the Prince George Council of Seniors. Senior Moments is produced by Sharon Hearn with production assistance from AJ Fair.